Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie. And since the Judd's Hockey Show crew doesn't let me actually come on their show and spew my hockey takes, I'm here to tell you about one of my favorite companies, Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is all about helping your business reach new levels of success through risk management. Find out more about how Federated can help protect your business at federatedinsurance.com. Federated, where it's our business to protect yours. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, welcome in. Emergency episode, Judd's Hockey Show, two days out from the National Hockey League trade deadline, which will hit at 2 o'clock on Monday. It's Zolgad, it's Declan Goff, and no, we're not here to discuss what was a rather, I thought, uh, lackluster, yet yeah. effective win hey, two points. against the Blackhawks. Exactly right. But what we are here to discuss is the man who was sitting on the bench the entire time for the Blackhawks. Um, with his goaltending pads on and baseball cap, watching the game unfold. And that is one Marc-Andre Fleury, a.k.a. The Flower, a.k.a. a Stanley Cup champion. Um, let's see here, just so I've got this right. Our friend Russo from The Athletic. Friend of the show. Um, yes, he is. Uh, Elliot Friedman from Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I saw one more report. But anyway... They are reporting that the Wild, the GM Bill Guerin in particular, whose entire staff was at today's game, have engaged the Blackhawks in trade talks uh, for goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury. And Declan, where that becomes interesting is is it sounds like um, when Guerin tried to get Fleury from the Vegas Golden Knights before the Wild signed Cam Talbot, uh, at that time, the flower had a no trade clause, which he still does, I believe. And anyway, he was willing to waive it to come play uh, for the team that's run by his former teammate in Pittsburgh. And so one would have to think that there is a very good chance that if the Wild and Blackhawks could consummate a trade, that Flurry would be willing to make that move again. So th- this is certainly a topic that we have discussed a lot, the potential I definitely have gone back and forth on if the Wild would pay the price. According to the story that Russo posted after today's game, it does sound like the price would be, or at least it's sitting right now at a first-round pick, and my guess is probably a little bit right. more, mm-hmm. uh, that Garen is is reluctant to give up his first-round pick but would be more willing to give up a second-round pick. Where do you fall on the news, though, that as the deadline approaches on Monday – 
that the Wild definitely has explored goaltending help, not just with a, to use my favorite term, slappy, but with a goaltender who uh, who is going to be in the Hall of Fame, who has a ton of um, playoff experience, and is a guy who, if the Wild gets him, is going to cost them a pretty penny. This seems like the most ideal trade deadline rental you can have. It really does. Um, you're talking about a decorated goaltender who has won cups before, has won Vesnas before, one of the most decorated goalies in terms of wins. Um, it's always risky taking a chance and taking a flyer on a rental, and especially when the price is high, right? We just saw what it costs the Wild to get a, 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 a slappy forward, I would call him, in Dolores, right? Like You're seeing all these trades go down right now, and you're seeing what it costs to to be a buyer right now at the NHL trade deadline. Goaltending is worth it. And to pat ourselves on the back, which we really don't do a whole lot of on this show. In fact, what we like to do is expose the stupid things that Judd, myself, and even Phil Mackey, the hockey whisperer, uh, like to do on Mackey and Judd. This is something we kicked around two months ago in January when the goaltending first took a nosedive, when Talbot took, had an injury, and you had to rely on Capo that maybe you want to explore looking at Mark andre here, right? He goes to Chicago for essentially nothing. That Blackhawks team is not as good as we thought they were going to be. This could be something you were look, you could look at. And now all of a sudden, you have Russo all over it. You have Friedman all over it. Bill Guerin gives the goaltenders a vote of confidence earlier this week and says, hey, no, uh, I know the numbers say I shouldn't, but I believe in our goaltenders. But I don't think Billy was going to be in a position to go up there and say, yeah, Talbot's been bad or Capo hasn't been what we thought he was going to be. Of course, he's going to say he has the confidence in them. But Guerin is a smart enough dude. And what we probably have not even, I think, discussed in detail, Judd, is the fact that Fleury and Guerin know each other, know each other very well. Um, from their playing days, from Garen's executive days, that I, I, as much as we've kind of have hyped up the flurry conversation in the last two months, I don't think you and I really have ever even broached the fact, or even went maybe not broached it, but went into detail of their relationship. Right? I mean, we really haven't discussed that part. And Flurry is very conservative on he wants to doesn't want to move his family around, and I just went to Vegas. He almost bleeping retired before he even went to Chicago in the trade that sent him from Vegas to Chicago. So he was already on the fence of going there. But the fact if he's indeed willing to waive it to come here, and apparently two months ago he was already thinking about doing that, or at least was open to, to the idea, I should say, reportedly of doing that, you have to trade your first-round pick. You have to trade your first-round pick, and whatever the appetizer or the dessert is on top of the main entree that is your first-round pick, you have to do it. It's goaltending. And it's the one position that can save you. Like, Dolores is not going to save you. A new center. Giroux goes to Florida, and my God, Florida is locked up and ready to roll, and they're going to have a lot of fun in the postseason. Good for them. Yeah, Tampa Bay is too. Tampa is too, right? But what is one position that can absolutely save you and, and, yep. and, and help you out in the postseason? It's goaltending. I think you have to make this trade. Well, and now the question becomes, um, is Bill Guerin serious about drawing that line and saying, no, that's what I won't do. I'll, you know, I w- will give the Hawks a second round pick. I will trade them a player, whatever it is, a prospect, but I am not going to give, give up a first round pick. And his reasoning for not wanting to trade his top pick is the fact that when the next three years you incur the cap hits uh, that, that are going to be substantial, of course, of Prezi and Suter is that that first round pick 
within that time frame could easily come up, develop, and become an important player. So I'm curious what like we this is the type of thing with Bill Guerin we don't know yet because he very well could be saying what he hopes Chicago hears as, oh, okay, well, if we're going to make this trade, it's going to have to be a second round pick. Like we don't, there are still things about Bill Guerin. We just don't know. And, and this deadline is going to be incredibly telling, but I can't tell right now if Bill Guerin is, is serious and he is dead set on not surrendering, surrendering his his first round pick in 2023, or if this is a ploy. Um, What's interesting about flurry is this. So yes, he, he and Bill are. I don't know if they're close, but they certainly um, they certainly sure. have a relationship that goes back. Supposedly, Flurry came close to, or that's probably too strong. Supposedly, Flurry was mentioned in some trade talks with the Leafs within the past week, and it fell apart. Didn't take place. The interesting thing, though, to keep in mind with Flurry is everything I've read and heard he supposedly has given a ton of thought to wanting his career to end back with like a year in Pittsburgh. He started there. He's loved there. I think he loves it there. And there was some serious talk that he would block any trade to an Eastern conference team, i.e. especially Washington that could be perceived as, as a slight against the penguins because he, he goes to the caps and helps knock the penguins out of the playoffs. He's pretty damn safe here. Like, I, I don't fear he's going to knock the Penguins out. And if you play him in the Stanley Cup Finals, I think that's a little bit different. So that's a very interesting one if there's been a conversation or there would be between Bill Guerin and and Flurry about, hey, come here, help us, try and win. And then, you know, you potentially, I don't know, sign back with the Penguins for 22-23. Um, the other thing that, and this is another Dex, this is another big question. Cam Talbot, uh, has won five consecutive games and he has played really well the past two for sure. He, he stopped 21 shots against Boston in what I thought was a good game. He played great today. The wild had a ton of chances and they couldn't score. And aside from the goal that he gave up in the third period, that tied the score at one, he stopped 21 shots again, but we're talking a ton of of grade A chances. Now, is, are the Wild and Bill Guerin and Dean, are they going to look at that and say, okay, he started to play well, or are they going to say small sample size, he was not good when for a period of time that's extremely concerning? So, like, there's a ton of stuff that we just don't know what the thought process of Bill Guerin and his executive staff and the coach are going to be that I think within the next 48 hours we will get answers to how exactly do you perceive the chances of this team and the potential to make a move that would bring you a veteran goaltender with extensive playoff experience and the last thing too the chicago so he is so the flower is 19 20 and 5 2.9 and a save percentage of 909 but the team stinks it's a bad team so we, we've discussed this. So I don't think that you can say, well, I am going to hold the numbers against him. He is he won a Vesna trophy last year. Um, so I, I think there'd be no question that if you acquired him for a playoff run, potentially, that you would be acquiring a goaltender that would give you an advantage, certainly over a Talbot or or a Kapokokkanen. But I am so interested to see Dex 
how this unfolds now and how it goes down and how serious uh, this team is right now about saying, you know what, screw it. it. It's a chance, it's a gamble, but we're willing to take that. From the standpoint of Talbot's been playing better, stop stop looking at small little sample size and little bursts of energy of, oh, this is the new guy, right? Because that's why when Garrett first explored reportedly looking at trades in January when Talbot got hurt in the Winter Classic, that, oh, I, well, I just need a goalie, right? Like, I need one. Uh is going to have to start a lot of games. Andrew Hammond is can be on the bench, but God willing, if he has to start multiple games, we're in serious trouble here, no, right? He's gone. Yeah. But like, but I'm saying back in January, oh, like, like, you know, like, gotcha. like that was his, yeah. his point yeah. of like, they didn't trust what, what am I going to do? Like, what right. am I going to do? And who's the backup? Um, and so Talbot now playing better. Don't, don't buy into that. Like, and I think Garen is not a dummy either to realize like, Hey, he, he's going to get on a roll here and this could be fine. Part two of this equation is, if they're going to make this trade and Capo or Talbot don't go back in the return, either to Chicago or to another team, like you could even make a case that let's say if they make this flurry trade and it doesn't involve one of these two goaltenders in Talbot and Capo, another team like a Toronto, like an Edmonton might say, well, now, Hey, you got a surplus here. Give me one of those two guys. We'll take a chance on one of those two guys. Right. Um, so there's an opportunity you have there. This is basically though, what this comes down to in terms of, making this trade and having the stones to do it. And I use this phrase a lot, especially recently when it comes to Kirk Cousins. It's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So if you're scared to trade a first-round pick, which is probably going to be in the 20s, anywhere between 20 and 30, Mm -hmm. uh, that player will most likely that you draft, you won't see for three years. You're not going to see that player for three years. It's It's... March 19th, 2022, as we record this right now, whoever the Wild select in the upcoming draft in June, you're probably not going to see him, if he even makes it, through the minors and through the development process for three years. And that player could be a stud. It could be someone that is great. But more than likely than not, he's going to have a bust rate on him. And he might be a contributor of the NHL, but he's probably not going to be a superstar. The devil you know is Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury is a guy who's up there in age, and he's a rental, and he might not stay here after this season, but he's won Cups before. He has won a Vesna before. I know what that devil is. The devil I don't know, and if you're scared to give that up, that is, don't, don't look at it that way. And also, don't look at it as, well, Colorado's superior to us, which they are. The Colorado Avalanche are a superior team of the wild. Whether they get Marc-Andre Fleury or not, Colorado is still a better team in the wild as it stands right now with or without Marc-Andre Fleury on Minnesota. But you know what? I feel a lot better about stealing a game and stealing a series when you need your goaltending to do that if Marc-Andre Fleury is in the back of your net versus Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen. So don't be afraid of trading away a first-round pick plus maybe something else, a a top-10 prospect, let's call it that, because you're scared of that first-round pick developing three years from now. This team is already off to a great start. I know they've been weeble wobbling over the last four weeks here or so, but they're going to make the playoffs. And the current state of the goaltending is not good enough to ride out for four rounds. Marc-Andre Fleury has been a goaltender who has been there and done that before. And also analytically to the point of, well, look at his numbers traditionally this season have been bad. His GA and save percentage have been average. I said it shouldn't be bad. Have been average. What are you so freaked out about? Analytically, he's been a little bit better. And that Chicago team is horrible. 
and the Wild's defense and the way they have played in front of their goaltending, the analytics have suggested that if they get average goaltending, which I do think the floor of Marc-Andre Fleury is average goaltending, you're going to have better results. So that's why the trade has to be on the table, and that's why Bill Guerin, in my opinion, if I was advising Billy, friend of the show, that if he should make this trade or not, he has to do it. I think the thing, too, is that your, in my opinion, your, your entire, your blue line and your goaltending, if you are the Wild right now, is has not been great for quite some time. Your blue line has really, I think, dropped off. Like, you've got guys that, that um, will rebound briefly. Goligoski, though, I mean, he got off to a really good start. He is He is now, I would say, less than a reliable player. John Merrill, same thing. Kulikov, same thing. Dumba, same thing. And so I don't know in, in a playoff series that a Cam Talbot, if the blue line struggles, can save you. In fact, I'm pretty sure he can. I'm not sure that the flower can, but he gives you a better chance. And again, this all comes back to one question. How competitive do you think your team is? Do you think that, that you can win a round? Do you think that you could potentially win two rounds? Um, there are going to be roadblocks for sure. The Western Conference has some really good teams. But the reality is, I think that, that Dex, when push comes to shove, and I think this is where Garen operates as well. I think when push comes to shove, he knows that this team deserves a chance. And I don't think with the current construction in goal – They've got a great chance. I really don't. And Talbot has played, like the last two games, played really well. But is that that brief surge, too? I, I am afraid because I we've seen this in all sports, um, and especially yep. goaltenders in this sport. Is this the brief surge of I'll show them, and then Monday 2 o'clock comes and goes, right? And Cam starts that night against the, the Golden Knights, and all of a sudden it's, oh, he's not playing well. again. There's just variables here. And I think with Flower, what we saw firsthand as as the Knights uh, took out the Wild in seven games in the first round last season or last spring, what we saw was the fact that this guy, at times, can no question steal games. And that is that's huge. That's huge. But yeah, um, I am. I don't know. I have no feel beyond just a guess where this is going. To land, but I'm glad to know that Bill is at least exploring it for sure. Seriously, because Dex, we've seen this too. The prices right now are ridiculous. Oh, my God, this is I mean Chicago. Chicago got what two uh, in the in the trade with Tampa that sent Hagel to the Lightning. They got two first round picks. The Giroux trade is you know absolutely absolutely huge. Um, to look at the prices, what Sherratt going to the oh, to the uh, Panthers? They yeah. got a first round pick in Montreal and more. They yeah. they got more than the fan base I think expected, and that's mm-hmm. a demanding fan base. So there is no question, and this is this is not odd. I mean, this certainly happens, yeah. but the price of doing business right now is off the chart. So you will pay. All right. So well, let me ask you this, Judd, because. Uh... I, I think I know your answer, but I'm just I, I'd like more of the confirmations. So it might be a rhetorical question, but I mean, would if if it's a first round pick, 
and a top 10 prospect. Let's, let's say it's even the Jack, the rights to Jack McBain for Marc-Andre Fleury. If you're, if you are Bill Guerin and you're, you are in his shoes, would you pull the trigger on that trade right now? So that's basically a first and second, because I, I think McBain was a third, but they're trying to get a second back. Yeah. Um, yes. Cause, cause McBain's not going to sign here. Like I, I would actually feel better about that because it, it's clear that if his rights lapse, he's just going to to leave here. Uh, he's not going to sign. So yes, I would. I do it begrudgingly because I get I get the reluctance to trade the first round pick. But if I think this team has a chance, and I think this team has a chance to win a round, I think this team has a chance. Um, I'm a little bit worried, but yes. I would. I think that I think these guys deserve to have a guy in goal who they feel good about. And we saw so much of Flurry in that first round series last spring that I think his circumstance of being with a terrible team is the problem. I I don't think he's cooked yet. Mm-mm. He's old, the, but I don't think he's cooked. Look, he won the Vesna last year. Is 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 he yeah. is he probably the ceiling of the Vesna goaltender that he was a year ago? No. Probably not, right? Like, just no. But he's but not is as bad he, as the guy in Chicago. Is, and let's call the let's call the floor Cam Talbot and Capo Cock. Let's just call it. That's that's your lowest expectation of what Flurry can give. Where does Flurry fall in that? Probably somewhere in the middle, right? Just by yep. the law of averages, probably and somewhere is, in the middle of those two floor and ceilings. And and he has had or he had times with the Penguins in the playoffs where he one hundred percent struggled. He one hundred percent did. So there's no guarantees here, but. My confidence in Talbot and Capo is so shaken. And I would just hate to see a series start and you're playing, you know, take your pick at teams like the Blues, right? Who are a hard banging team. Yep. And now you got a couple of soft goals and it's like, here we go. And you're just done. And you're just done. This this collection, while I don't think it's perfect by any means, deserves more. They deserve an, an opportunity. Um, and while I would love to get a big defenseman, if you can solidify the goal and you can have a guy who you know a year ago on a good team was outstanding, I'm not going to complain about that. Like, yes, yeah, so I, I would do that. I, I would do a first-round pick and McBain. Yeah. Wouldn't love th- it, but I'd do it. I think I think those are two logical asking spots. I th- and, you know, Russo touched on his article that, you you could potentially keep all three of these goaltenders if you got Flurry, right? Like that might be a difficult conversation. That you know, obviously Talbot or Coppa would be a healthy scratch. But I mean, look how look how quickly the wheels fell off. Well, this is a loaded loaded comment, but look how quickly the wheels fell off for Vegas, right? Leonard now gets hurt, and they have injuries up the behind, and they have nothing back up behind Leonard. They had the, they went from having Leonard and Mark Andre Flurry last year, Judd, the two best tandems in the league, to now. Less than a year later, ten months later, and they have no answer in goal and, and no hope of getting back in the postseason with their goaltending. Yeah, I feel terrible for them, by the way. Yeah, I feel really bad. Awful. I feel really bad for an yeah. expansion team that went to the Stanley Cup Judd's, the finals. Judd's hatred of just, an expansion just team just really bo- really it really right bugs me that they and might by the miss way, the playoffs. I, I don't have the a lot I, so I think a lot of wild fans just hate other teams and Vegas being one of them. I have I like Vegas. They're fun to watch, dude. I oh. think they're great. But I, I, I 
I'm, I don't, I don't like care that they. Yeah, Judd doesn't like them on principle. I think I they're fine. I, I have Seattle. nothing. I have no issue. Seattle. With them. The Kraken are the ideal expansion team. Give Judd, me the Kraken. I love Judd. The would buy season tickets simply for the fact that they are losing games. The be right crappy. Way. Be yes, crappy. Be lose lose when you be. should lose. God. The honeymoon is a license to lose. But anyway, uh, so so um, yeah. Like if you kept Talbot, mm-hmm. that's fine. And I think, well, as far as I can tell. Mark Andre Fleury is goaltending royalty, Declan. Yes. So, so while Talbot, while Talbot's feelings might be hurt, it wouldn't exact. I think he'd get it, and, and plus he'd still play. Like if if Flower struggles right now, the problem. So the two year problem that I've seen that I think bugs me the most about the Wilds goaltending duo is this one. If Talbot gets hurt. Capo steps in and plays well. Have you noticed, though, that if Talbot just starts to struggle and Capo is called upon, it feels like Capo struggles too? Like, the last two years, if Talbot gets hurt, it's like Capo to the rescue. If if Talbot is not playing well and it's like, okay, Capo, it's your time to shine, he, like, melts down. So you would be giving yourself, if you went Marc-Andre Fleury, Cam Talbot, and Cole, You'd be giving yourself, I think, a far better opportunity. And Flurry is the type of guy who I think he's loved. And he's also, it's not like you're going to get a guy um, from a team where he is, you know, good but not great and like, sorry, Cam. So I, I think the sales job to, to Talbot, I don't think he'd love it, but I do think the sales job wouldn't be nearly as hard because you are going to get a Hall of Fame goaltender who beat you in the playoffs last year. And I think there's just a lot of things where, where Talbot could buy it. And the rest of the team, I think would be thrilled. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, yeah. and cause you talk about a culture guy, like a guy who's good in the room. Mark, Mark Andre is great. He's, he's going to be fantastic. So he's incredible. Yeah. I don't see a lot of downside to that side of it. Yeah. In fact, I, I see none. Yeah, I think that's where that's why Billy's intrigued by it. Like because he knows the kind of character he is. He's been around him as a player. He's been around him as an executive. And Mark Andre, too. And you know, you and I always talk about on our former colleague Lindsey Brown goaltenders being just absolute weirdos. That's really not Mark Andre Fleury. He's really not that big of a weirdo. He doesn't just keep to himself. He's one of the guys in that room, and he's one yep. of the normal normal dudes that loves the camaraderie and all that stuff that comes with it. So sure, he's not right. that weirdo goaltender. Um, and that chemistry part for Bill Guerin is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. All right. Last thing, another mm-hmm. trade. So I, I think it was, I believe it was the middle of this past week. Nico Sturm to Colorado, Tyson Jost here. Jost now has, has been on the, the fourth line. In, in fact, today it was Nick Bukestead who got the scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, after today's game in which the Wild beat the Blackhawks, we find out that the Wild has obtained rough and tumble winger Nick DeLaurier from the Ducks for a third round pick in 2023. Um, I am guessing he slots in as a fourth line wing, right? Cause there, he, he would yeah. be, he's a fourth line wing. Here's my guess. One, the price is high, but two, and j- j- uh, just to go through his stats, excuse me, DeLaurier, five goals, five assists, 10 points in 61 games, 90 penalty minutes, including 10 fights this season alone. Um, my guess is that this is a rough and tumble guy who is partially going to take the load off of, of 
Marcus mm-hmm. Foligno feeling like he has to defend the entire team. Like it's weird because Marcus has had a really nice year. Um, he struggled at times, but he's also statistically been great. And he is definitely a more talented player than just a tough guy. He has talents. But Declan, it feels like at times he has taken upon the enforcer role. Like, my guy got hit. Kaprizov got hit. I'm going to go take care of that score. Now I'm going to do this score. And Delorier, to me, probably now means that he can he can take care of the of the rough stuff. Felino still can at times, but it won't be incumbent upon Marcus Felino to settle the scores. Delorier feels a lot like uh, a Chris Stewart kind of guy and a Chris Stewart type of acquisition, right? That's a big brute um, and a guy that can take some load off your shoulder and and don't mess with me type of guy. I mean, 6'1", 220 pounds. He's a big guy. The Wild are a very small team. Um, I don't love giving as much as we love to recklessly speculate and we're not afraid to come up with trade ideas on this show. I don't necessarily love giving up a third-round pick for a guy who's going to be a fourth-line dude. Now I will say it's a fourth line, a third-round pick two drafts from now. So I'm, I, I kind of feel a little bit better that that can and that price you're paying is is far down the road. It's not immediately in June True. for someone that's a fourth-line dude. Um, and analytically, he's nothing anything special. Uh, I mean, he kills a lot of penalties. He's good at that. And his defense is fine, slightly above average, but everything else is kind of a burden. He's not going to be someone that drives offense. He's not going to be someone that finishes in front of the net. He's not going to be someone necessarily that lifts the line mates around him, but it's more of the aura and presence he brings in the ice that probably intrigues Garen. Um, again, I don't love a third-round pick for this. This was even a fifth-round pick in the current draft. I'd say, okay, okay, I can, I'm can. i right. fine with that. But a third-round pick... The- but they can yeah. replace this pick probably. That, yeah, that might so be the thinking. That's that's where I mm-hmm. the fact it's a third round pick in the twenty twenty three draft, it makes me feel a little bit better. On paper, a third round pick for essentially a fourth line player is in my opinion just not a wise move to make. Um and in general, this probably means Dewar gets bumped out. That that was what I was gonna guess. That it becomes Bukestead Jost, and Jost and, and Duhame Delorier. Um, you know, depending on the opponent, yeah, probably. Maybe Joe even gets a scratch every once in a while. Like, but playoff time, playoff time. My guess is Delorier is going to play. Um, I really think that there is. I think there's an issue with the fact that Foligno started to basically fight everybody's fights. Yeah, it's not necessary. Um, he is, and and I get it. He is an alternate captain. He he's a guy who, who I think a lot of people in that room look up to. So I'm not faulting him, but I would like that off his plate. And look, if a fight comes, a fight comes. That's fine. Um, It also felt like he got really gun shy and I don't think he he was hurt. I'm not sure. But when he engaged in that sort of cheap stuff against the jets and got suspended, he came back and wasn't like the same engaged guy. It it was very weird. And I don't know. He might've been banged up as well. But it felt like he was almost afraid. And his game, it's, it's weird, Dex, but his game is good enough where you want him playing his game, which I don't think is, uh, I'm going to go crush you. He can do that too. But like, he's got some skills. Yeah. And I think he's developed. Yep. So if this if this removes from Felino, if this sort of takes off his plate, the Kaprizov got hit. So somebody go out there and take care of that guy. Seriously. 
and, and it doesn't have to be a fight, but it can be a hit. The, the weird thing is, and, and I think this is thing that non hockey people don't get. Um, you don't have to have the th- like you don't have to go out and physically beat up guys, but the threat of a big team, especially in the playoffs, can create room, right? Like for Kaprizov, because if I'm going to have to, if I'm going to hit 97, assuming I can catch him, and Deloria is now going to take the next shift against me, and now I'm going to get hit by him and potentially challenged. I don't really like that, right? So it's not so much that, oh, man, this guy's going to come in and start fighting all the time. It's much more just the perceived threat of Deloria is going to create probably doubt in teams' minds. And the last thing, if you think about this one, Dex, is true. If Felino challenges you, I'll fight him to, to get him off the ice for five. Yeah, yeah. Because now I've weakened that, – that Eck line is so weird, man. But if it's Greenway – Eck Duhame or Eck Felino Duhame, right? That line goes from like a seven to about a three. It's not the same line. And so anything that allows Felino to play his game but stay on the ice and not think about trying to settle scores, I think it is a good idea. And that's just my guess about where, where Garen's head was because this does – seem like an old school hockey move to get a guy who can sort of clean up the garbage. And if he's in the box for five, he's in the box for five. Felino, I think you don't like to see that. No. Yeah. This this end up might being uh, a move that is not going to make a huge impact in terms of scoring goals and all that stuff, but it, it it's could pay dividends in playoff hockey. I think we'll probably notice that shift by shift with him, but in general, I, I don't love that trade, but I understand why you make it. I understand why I make it. Do you think by two o'clock on Monday, Mark Andre Fleury is a member of the Wild? I do. not. Do you hope? Do you think? No, I do. Okay. I, I I think the fact that this is percolated up, yes. Um, and eventually, whether Garen wants to fold or not fold, I shouldn't say that. Uh, give in on giving up the asking price of what Chicago wants. I think eventually they'll find that common ground, and he's going to do it. I would say. Seventy percent chance, which seems high. Yeah, it's but really, I think really high. Seventy percent chance mm. by our deadline. Which, by the way, Judd and I will break down on Monday, so we will be ready to break that down right we're here on the YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Oh, oh we're I working Monday. It's oh, Saturday. It's Saturday morning. This I didn't is, know we had to work on Monday. Uh, my, I mean, my God, we do podcast seven days a week on this show. Let me give you the one thing that I think is the most important factor, and it's the unknown here when it comes to the potential of Mark Andre Fleury becoming the Wild's goaltender. It's this. How many teams is Marc-Andre Fleury willing to be traded to? Because I've heard that he's balked at Edmonton. And I'm sorry. If I'm the Oilers and and he'll come to me, I'm giving you a first-round pick. I'm giving you my arena. Like that team, I you know, Koskinen has improved at times. I don't trust those guys at all. Talbot and Koskinen to me are superior um, but I, I've heard that Flurry's balked about that. So yeah. th- the reality is this. He controls this entire thing because the the Blackhawks can get a better package almost certainly elsewhere. But if Flurry says no, you know, then if you're the Hawks, you probably take the best that you can get. So I really think this comes down to one guy. If Flurry says, okay, three teams, Wild, 
Oilers and take your pick of the third team. I don't think he comes here. If he says, Minnesota, guys, that's where I know Bill Guerin. It's close to Chicago. My family can come see me play. Then I think he's here. I think that's the question, though, because the one thing we don't know is, is what is his hang-up? Because I do think Washington would give up a lot, but he if he's saying, I want to go back to Pittsburgh, and the last thing that I want to do is beat the Penguins like in the second round or something. This is weird. Then he's not going there. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I think he's a super loyal guy. I think he's, he's very a, loyal. Yeah, yeah. I think it's why he's so um, liked by fan bases and teammates alike. Yep. I like Steve's comment here. Flowers grow in the wild. Therefore, flurry to Minnesota. Minnesota. I dig I it, Steve. I love it. I I love more, it. All right. So if, if this trade uh, transpires before the deadline on Monday, we'll certainly have an emergency episode. If not, we'll talk to you again on Monday. We'll, we're going to do something probably as the deadline approaches. And, of yeah. course, we've got, you know, as as uh, per usual, Mackie and Judd as well, and all of that good stuff. We've got the Daniil Hunter thing to keep an eye oh on for God. Purple Daily. Carlos Correa is now a twin. The Wolves cannot lose basketball games. Yeah, they just what hit the, the Bucks, baby. What the? Yeah, yeah. Because you know who, who didn't play? Giannis. Yeah, Giannis sat out that game. That's mm-hmm. a good thing. All right. So, short We're way done. of saying we'll talk to you very very soon, Dex. Yeah, the Wild did win today. Hit the subscribe button on this YouTube channel. Apple, Spotify, Score North app. And remember, pass your... Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Virgie? Hard work and having fun. that. This is about winning. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking... Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Colaguard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Colaguard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in.